exactly. Ambivalence very often shows up as hostility, right? And why does it show up as hostility? Because we're not comfortable often talking about our fears. Because the truth is that children know everything. They sense everything. Welcome to another episode of Rich in Relationship, and today we're talking about marital messengers or collateral damage, and we're talking really about kids, maybe your kids, if you are ambivalent about your marriage. And last episode, what we talked about was the cost of that ambivalence. We talked about the cost personally on the relationship. We touched on the cost for children and at work and in social settings. But today, we're going to focus 100% on what is going on with your kids, right? And the reason why is, first of all, very often we are not fully cognizant of our own ambivalence until it's too late. In the last episode, we talked about how ambivalence really becomes something that we're conscious of when we think, maybe I need to get out of this marriage, right? That's when the ambivalence is really showing its head, rearing its head. But before that, ambivalence manifests in all kinds of ways that might feel normal and natural depending on the household you grew up in. It might show up as being a little snipey or sarcastic or making jokes at the expense of the other person. Or maybe they're making jokes at your expense, right? And we might not even realize that these are signs of ambivalence or or hostility that isn't being expressed directly. Ambivalence very often shows up as hostility, right? And why does it show up as hostility? Because we're not comfortable often talking about our fears, or we're not comfortable talking about our hurts. We're not comfortable talking about our sadness because that would mean being vulnerable. And when we're ambivalent, we don't feel safe. And when we don't feel safe, who the hell is gonna be vulnerable, right? And so the ambivalence grows. So let's talk about this misconception that children are not affected by or oblivious to marital stress. I cannot tell you how many men, women, and couples I've had come to me and say, we're not getting along, but the kids are okay because we don't show them that face. So... That's a form of denial is what it is, right? Very often we think that children do not have the radar or the ability to notice when stuff is hitting the fan in the marriage, when there is emotional ambivalence, when we are unsure about how much we want to be in the relationship. We think, oh, the kids don't notice. They're just going to school. They're playing their games. They're watching their screens. They're just doing what they do. As long as we put food on in front of them, as long as we're relatively courteous to each other in front of them, uh, as long as we kiss them goodnight, they don't notice. But this is a lie. It is a lie that we tell ourselves because the truth is that children know everything. They sense everything. Now, developmentally, they may not have the words to put to what they sense. They may not have a context to understand what this ambivalence is. It's not unusual, even 
in a high-conflict household, for children to not have a context experientially for knowing that high conflict isn't necessarily normal. Right? So the children, they're experiencing their parents' ambivalence. They're experiencing it emotionally. They're sensing it. They're feeling it. They don't have the BS setup that adults do. They're completely aware of it on one level, but consciously they don't have the words or the concepts to really process what it is they're experiencing. All right, so I'm going to say this again. Kids are plugged into us, and they know what we're feeling, and they know what we're coming from, and they know what's going on. And when their parents are out of sync, they feel it. And when their parents are in sync, they feel it. But they don't always have the intellectual, conceptual development to be able to express it. That's what I'm trying to tell you. And so what parents assume is, oh, they're okay. They don't know what's going on. But I'm telling you, they do. How do I know? Uh, I'll share a story with you from my personal life. As a late teenager, 16 years old, I was living at my future stepmother's house. Really loves these people. Um, and one night, she woke me up at 2 in the morning, and she said, my name was Dickie at the time, she said, Dickie, why couldn't you tell? Why didn't you tell me that your dad was still married to her? Why didn't you tell me? How could you? How could you not tell me? And I remember two in the morning. I just woken up, and this is what I'm faced with. And I didn't know what to say, right? But I knew when she said it to me, I knew that it was true. I knew that I. I knew that I knew that it was true, but I didn't know it consciously. And so I didn't know how to respond. I didn't know how to say, well, of course he's still married to my previous stepmother and spending time with her. I didn't know how to say that because I hadn't thought it. I had been hoping it wasn't true. I had been hoping I'd been living in my own form of denial about it. But when she said it to me, I knew it was true. I knew that I always knew it was true. I was aware of it. And so... I had this direct experience of this discord between what I hoped and wished was true and what I knew was true. And so what I'm telling you is children at any age, I'm 16, I had the concepts to express it. I had the words, but I didn't want to. Children at any age, and when I heard the truth, though, well, I knew what it was. And I felt guilty, even though I had done my best not to notice this feeling that I had. Right. So what I'm telling you is that children at any age, whether they have the words or not, whether they're just simply in denial because they're hoping for the best, feel the conflict. They're aware of it. And in order to reconcile that ambivalence, they start to have two minds about it, just like I did at 16. Right. And I'm telling you, this is universal. Right. Children get what's going on. It puts a huge emotional and psychological burden on our children when we are experiencing ambivalence in our marriage and we're not talking about it with them and we're not letting them know that what they're seeing and experiencing is true. Right? On the surface, we're telling them everything's fine, but underneath they sense the discord. And so they start to believe that discord means everything's fine. Aha, uh -huh. are you seeing where I'm going with this? And when they grow up. When they move into a relationship and experience ambivalence, they think everything's fine. This is how 
we end up in ambivalent relationships, not being aware that everything's not okay because it feels like when we were kids, only now we're doing it as the parents. That is incredibly damaging for the child. It's damaging for their future. It's damaging for their sense of relationship. Not to mention that it's a form of avoidance for us when we're experiencing ambivalence and we don't want to bring up with our children what's going on, uncover the truth that they've been experiencing all along with us. We deny them honesty. We deny them compassion for what they're experiencing. And we deny ourselves honesty and we deny ourselves compassion. And the prices that we have children who are out of touch with their feelings, they choose to be out of touch with their feelings. The price is that we have children who start unconsciously splitting the relationship, playing one parent against another. The price is that we have children who, when they go into other households that don't have that going on, wonder, what's wrong in my home? What's wrong with me? How come little Johnny has a house where both parents love each other and care for each other in our one mind, but I don't. What am I doing that Johnny isn't? They don't think that you are a cause. They feel like they're a cause. You know, one of the best kept secrets in the world of divorce is that all children feel responsible for their parents' divorce unconsciously. It's not rational. They feel that the happiness or unhappiness of their parents to some extent rides on them. Children are little narcissists. <laughs> They're supposed to be. They're supposed to be focused on them. It's very, and eventually they find that their happiness is contingent on other people's happiness. And so they go outside of themselves to help other people be happy. There are manifestations of this discord. The manifestations are that the children might start acting out. Uh, we might have a child who's behaving overly aggressively, stopped performing in school. We might have children who are shutting down emotionally uh, when there's a disconnect between what they're experiencing, what they're thinking, and what they're feeling, uh, what they're being told they should think and feel in light of what they're experiencing. They may just shut down. We may have children... So the, the choices are engage in conflict or avoid conflict. Or uh, to put it in terms of the amygdala, it's fight, flee, or play dead. They will express this ambivalence by withdrawing socially. They'll express this ambivalence by engaging in sexual activities at an early age. They may start experimenting with drugs and alcohol to numb the discord within themselves. They may find themselves as messengers of the discord, right? So we've talked about them as collateral damage. Let's talk about children as messengers. We may find the children saying, daddy, mommy doesn't like it when you do that. Or mommy, why are you saying that about daddy? Right? The, or mommy, Daddy says that you're a da-da-da-da. Or daddy, mommy says that you're a blah-blah-blah. So when we start speaking about the other parent poorly to our mother, our father, our friends, or maybe even to our kids, the kids then become messengers, uh, relaying that emotion to the other parent. And the other parent starts sending it back to us. Oh, well, mommy says that. Well, da-da-da-da-da. Mommy says blah 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 blah. All right. So 
kids in this position where there's ambivalence, they either become messengers or they become collateral damage. And we see this all the time when parents move from ambivalence to separation or from separation to divorce or from ambivalence to divorce. Children are put in the middle and they are collateral damage. When they're either completely ignored and no one's thinking about their feelings and hoping that when the divorce is over, everything will be better, or they're put in the middle as messengers as decision makers. And these are the two worst things we can do to children. The reason why rich in relationship exists is to help parents to build bridges so that they can better nurture and protect their children from conflict. That's why we're doing this series is to help you build bridges so that that ambivalence is not toxifying your children. The impact on children will vary depending on their age and where they are in the stages of life. When children are zero to seven, the impact is going to be very much that we are actually programming them to look at life in a certain way because zero to seven is when the unconscious mind is formed. The unconscious mind is our operating system. And yeah, we can reprogram it, but that stuff that's laid in at zero to seven, that is hardcore programming that takes some real work to, re to shift and change, right? And many people are so unconscious about their unconscious mind that they don't know how to shift and change it. So sometimes we're laying in programming that will last a lifetime. Seven to 14 is when we're starting as children, they're starting to explore how to use that unconscious programming. They're looking at how to have social interactions and they'll start to mirror these the programming in all of their social interactions. And if we don't interrupt that, the results can be devastating in terms of their relationships. 14 to 21, they're figuring out what it means to be an adult in the world, what it means to launch, and once launched, how to be adults. And so if we're doing these things around them, we can drive them away or we can poison that experience. We can cripple them. We can cause them to launch too early, cause them to skip childhood. The impact is tremendous when we put our kids in the middle or when we make them collateral damage. And so what's how do we... How do we combat this? Well, well, of course, one step would be to end the ambivalence, but that's not going to happen right away. Let's be honest. We don't just say, oh, I'm going to stop being ambivalent. Bam. Right. Healing the ambivalence takes time. It took time to get paint ourselves into that corner as we explored in the first three episodes of this series. So what are you going to do? You're going to talk to your kids about the ambivalence. The, the best thing you can say to your kids, by the way, when I say talk to them, I don't mean talk to them about your partner. I don't mean assign blame. I don't even mean take responsibility. I was watching Billions the other day, and I was watching a character explain to his children that it was his fault that mommy and daddy had separated and they should blame him. Not the conversation you want to have with your children. The conversation you want to have with your children goes like this. Mommy and daddy are going through a hard time. Mommy and daddy love you no matter what. It is not your fault that mommy and daddy are going through a hard time. This is something mommy and daddy did without you. No matter what happens, you are what's most important to us. Like that's basically it. That's all you want to say to them again and again and again. Do not engage them in the conflict. Let them know they are not responsible. Let them know that you love them. Let them know that the two of you are working on it. You are working on it so that you can better show your love for them. Keep them at the center without putting them in the middle. Yeah, figure that one out. That is the thing to do. You may want to get some therapy for your children. You may want to recommend that they talk to their school counselor if you can't afford therapy. You may want to 
there's such a thing as child coaches now. But you, what you don't want to do is you don't want to go into deep conversations with them about what's going on in your marriage and why you feel ambivalent or why they feel ambivalent. Just bypass all that. All right, let's wrap it up. Let's take this thing home. So as we told you, what we're doing is we are no longer going to put our kids in the middle. We are no longer going to, what's the best way to put this, uh, Make allow them to be collateral damage. Right? They can only be collateral damage if we are unaware. And you are now aware. You are aware of what the problem is. You are aware of how to handle it. Right? So the first step is to step in there and get in with them and let them know that you're doing your best. You might explain to them even some temporary strategies. Like in this show, the mommy and daddy were nesting. So you could say, mommy and daddy are working on this. We, we are going to take care of you separately for a while. Uh, and... We'll let you know what's next, right? You, the first step is to have a conversation with them. Let them know what, how they're going to be cared for, that you both cared for them, and that they're not at fault, they're not at fault, they're not at fault, they're not at fault, right? You're going to want to work on the ambivalence and resolve it one way or another. There's nothing worse than being in a relationship where you are both ambivalent and continue to be ambivalent. Let me explain why. Uh, the studies show that the best, most happiest children live in a household where both parents are on the same page. The next most happiest set of children are where parents are divorced or living separately and pretty much on the same page when it comes to the children. The next lowest, the third level of well-being for children is when parents are divorced and they don't share the same values. This is what we call parallel parenting, right? So the first level is parents who are happily married and on the same page. Second level is parents who are divorced and are what we call co-parenting in divorce. And the third level is people who are divorced and parallel parenting, which sounds awful, right? Well, the lowest level are parents who stay together and our parallel parenting, they have different values and they're in friction, they're in ambivalence, all right? So it's super important that you resolve the ambivalence and get to one of those two levels, either either divorced or together, that you discover what is it, the, what are the values that you share regarding your children and how will you live those values together and understand that nothing is going to get in the way. Once you've ex talked to your kids about it and you've resolved the ambivalence, all right, everything gets easier. You might be telling your kids, well, mommy and daddy are going to be living apart, but we are very clear about what time you're going to get up, what time you're going to get out of bed, what camps you're going to go to, da, 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 da. don't worry, mommy and daddy are on the same page. Right? Super better than, well, we're still ambivalent. <laughs> Even better would be mommy and daddy figured it out and we love you and we're living together with you and we're going to be a happy family, right? Even better if that's what you're really experiencing. So stay tuned. Next episode, we're going to talk about to speak or not to speak, um, discussing marital issues with children. I've already told you the golden rule around this. So, But we're going to talk about why that golden rule is. I want you to not just understand that why that I say it. I want you to understand what the consequences are of not speaking, 
what the consequences are of speaking, what to speak about, what not to speak about. You know, this is a deep, deep topic. Look forward to seeing you on the next episode of Rich in Relationship. And hey, comment, ask questions. Um, I've got people scheduling calls. You know, if you want to schedule a discovery, a strategy call with us, go to the website, richinrelationship.com. It's all over the homepage. If you have questions or comments, direct message me. I will respond. I may not respond right away, but I will respond. I'm getting better and better. I'm a little bit of a social media dinosaur, believe it or not. I'm getting better and better at communicating with you all through social media. Thank you again for listening. Subscribe to this podcast, share it with other people, and have a great day.